Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives, here on 97.5 CIOE FM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, don't give up. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for you too. Hello everybody, I'm Dr. Christine Sauer, host of Healthy Alternatives. Now, today I'm very happy to have Mrs. Charlene Hall-Savard on the call. Is, do I pronounce your name right? Yeah, that's perfect. It's a nice French name. Uh, you're born in French? No, I- I'm actually, I'm English from Nova Scotia. Oh. And my husband is French. So I keep the two names so that my old friends can find me. <laughs> okay, I see. Now that's interesting. So where do you live now? I live in Northern Quebec. Beautiful. How's the weather right now? About minus 15 and we have about foot and a half of snow down permanently. Oh, wow. Yeah, we are, we are kind of lucky. We had snow 15, 20 centimeters yesterday, which is a lot and it will probably melt. And then we have ice and snow. You know how it is in Nova Scotia. So welcome to the show, Charlene. Charlene. And I, we met on LinkedIn and I saw that you are an international cover teacher and do homeschooling and are also creative. And we both went to Mount St. Vincent, which is quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your upbringing. How did you become the person you are today? And why are you passionate about educating children the right way? Uh, it started, my grandfather was from Romania. I never got to meet him. He went back after the war, the Iron Curtain fell. So all we had were these stories, these mystical stories about him. He was never sick. He spoke 13 languages. And there was always this desire to travel and learn languages. And I was, I love babysitting children. I love children. So I always wanted, people would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like, I want to own an orphanage. (laughs) You know, this is me. I wanted to have an orphanage. And then I got into studies and things and I just gradually, gradually, you know, just went into becoming a teacher and it was just very, very natural. Then I had my own children. And when it was time for them to start school, I said, wait a minute, why should I put my children into this very rigid system that you see it stems all their creativity? You know, I was teaching English as a second language. So I had the children from very young up until higher grades and you see a difference in them. As they got older, they didn't ask so many questions and they lost all this creativity. So I said, okay, I'm going to homeschool. And I homeschooled my daughter all the way through. And she, at age 15, she wrote her first exam, the SATs, and got into McGill University. So 
that was, I did her and I did all the other ones. So it definitely it, worked. So tell me, how many children do you have? Five. Five kids. How old are they now? 27, 25, 21, 19, and 13. How can you keep track of all that? <laughs> <laughs> I have two sure. and I have to think about how old they are. <laughs> no, um, but then I wanted, I always had this in the background to learn more languages, mm -hmm. I suppose because of my grandfather speaking so many. And I packed up my kids and we went to Peru for four months. Wow. What language yeah. do they speak in Peru? It was Spanish. So they already spoke English and French at home. I spoke to them in English. Their father spoke to them in French. So they were perfectly bilingual there. Then we went to Peru. We put them in a school, an immersion school. And they were in school all day and I had nothing to do. And I was thinking, oh, this is kind of boring. So I found myself some classes. And then it's like, wait a minute, next time we go away, I should be teaching. Good. So then we, then we did Italy. Uh, we actually went to China as well. So wow. we've been around. With the whole family? Uh, as the children got older, they stopped coming because they had their own studies. But uh, the latest trips have just been with my youngest, Caleb. Where have you been? Where has your latest trip been? Albania. That was an amazing trip. I went, I had an amazing school there. Now that's really an interesting um, way to live your life, isn't it? Well, it's one semester per year. So all year we're home here. My son is in a nice hockey team. You know, we have our regular routine. And then in the spring semester, my husband often goes north to work on contracts. So I'm here alone. Oh, yes. And this is why we started this in the spring. Hockey season finishes. My husband goes north. So it's like, okay, let's go do something so we don't miss him so much. And when he does come to visit us, he'll be with us. <laughs> he'll be ours. Oh, that's really amazing. And uh, you homeschool all your five children. Yes, up until they decide they want to go to public school or not. Tell me a little bit about how that works in practice. In practice, there are so many different ways. You can use the textbooks from the school. You can do it in collaboration with the school, writing the same exams as the school children. It depends on your region and how the school principal is open or not to homeschooling. Okay. Right now, you can do a portfolio of what your child has done, take it in and say, look, this is what my child has done. Chick, chick, he passes grade four, whatever. Wow. So they don't have to write exams presently, at least here in Quebec, they don't have to this year. There's going to be another symposium or whatever, and they'll decide what will be the new project for next year. It depends. Every province is different. Now, talk a little bit about how it is for a mother to actually homeschool the kids. How is your everyday life looking? How is your day starting? What do you actually do? Well, they get up, they do their chores. You know, that we have animals, we have a farm. Oh, tell us about that. What do you have? Oh, just, it's a hobby farm. We have three horses, two chinchillas, three rabbits, two dogs, two cats. <laughs> the fish. We used birds. to have chickens ourselves, so I have a little idea about it, and we have a dog. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. So we have to get up. They, they look after that. They do their chores. Um, one can practice the piano. Then they sit down, start their day. Okay, how, uh, does it, how does it work for you as a teacher, actually, with uh, five skits 
homeschool. Well, like I said, well, the older ones are gone now, so I have yes. just my youngest one to look after. You used to have four or five at a time. Well, they would each have their plan made out. They'd okay. follow it, and I'd just go table to table. I mean, it was one teacher for four children. Like, that's like your mini classroom. That's ideal. Plan. But you can do history all together. Yes. You can do um, religion if you want all together. There's so many things you can do, even literature all together. And then you ask different things. Like, you find all the nouns in the sentence. You write me a story. You find the present participle, you know. So it depends on where they're at. You can use the same material. You can homeschool a lot of the activity together, social studies. Like I said, it just depends on your creativity. You can even do science experiments together. The little yes. kids love science experiments just as well, much as the big ones. Now tell me a little bit about who makes a plan. Who, 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 do you well, have it ready made or um, do you yourself put that together? Or do the yes, children that, put it together? That's one of the options for parents who don't want to, you can buy books online for that grade level. Oh. Uh, you can even do it online and be registered and get your grade level certificate at the end of the year for completing the books. There's, wow. there's a lot of options. There's free online curriculums where day by day your curriculum is all lined out for you and it's free. Oh, that's following, amazing. Yeah, you're following along a curriculum. There's other ones that are very electric. You can do homeschool lap books. You can present the project. You can do a lot of projects if you want. It's a project-based curriculum. So what do there you think <laughs> a, a parent that is interested in homeschooling their kids what do they need to have for qualities to actually succeed? Because I can imagine if a parent, say, can't even read or write themselves, the kids are better off in public school. Well, obviously you have to be able to read and write yourself and you have to be able to read and write in the language you want to teach. Yes. You know, so if you're Good here, point. you're a refugee and you're from wherever and you're saying, oh, I want to teach my child in English and you can't speak or read in English because your script is Arabic, say, yeah. well, obviously you can't do that. Yeah. But you can help your child to learn English. There are YouTube videos, there are so much material out there to find. So if you can read and write and you love your child, there's no problem. You can start with the basics. It might be a point where you have to stop because the child you know, you've come to the level, most people it's at high school level. Yeah. They send children to high school or they do some kind of co-schooling because yeah, they just it gets more and more complicated and, and many parents just can't understand it themselves what the children are supposed to do. And I understand that it, it gets really difficult in high school. Yes. So at that point, you either bring in a tutor or yeah. you send your child to school or you do some kind of half and half Okay. And that's How did you make out with the time commitment? Because I figure you can go to work and hold a job while you homeschool. Is that right? You know, there's some moms and fathers who do this. They wow. manage to have like a four-day week each. So one works Monday to Thursday. The other is Tuesday to Friday. And they homeschool Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or whatever the days that they have off. So they manage to do a four-day school week, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh -huh. You can easily do it, a four-day school week. 
and get everything in because there's no discipline problem. You teach the lesson, the child does it, and you're going at the child's rhythm. You're not waiting for the rest of the class to catch up. That's good. Yeah. So you can go faster or slower as the child requires. So that's a big advantage. What other advantages do you see having done it now five times? Uh, we travel a lot. Uh, my husband, where he does work the spring, summer, fall, he's uh, in agriculture okay. a lot and he does a lot of forestry work. So we're off January, February. That's yeah. the time when he has to spend, say, summer vacation. Well, yes. And we would go south. That's when we, we started traveling with our, our fifth wheel trailer and we would go to Texas or to Florida, Mexico with our trailer. And he would have time with his kids. Good. So that's one of the reasons too why we kind of get into the homeschooling because the public school system wasn't fit for our lifestyle. I can see that. I find it interesting that you have the choice in Canada because in Germany where I grew up, there's no choice. No. In Germany, I was reading that children have to go. But in most other countries, there is some kind of leeway. Poland, I saw recently the uh, school that was offering this co-schooling. Yeah, interesting. That you could choose different courses that your child would take with the school, do the exams, but you could do the work at home. Now, when would homeschooling not be good with you, for your kid or with your kid? Do you have, did you see instances where the children actually had a disadvantage getting hold school? Or is it regularly when the parent puts in the effort and, and interest, is it generally an advantage? Generally an advantage for sure, because you want the best for your child. And, you know, children go through that geeky stage where, they're not very popular. They could be bullied. And you, you get to pass that over so that okay, when your child right. goes go to school, they already have the baggage to either have the comebacks to say, you know, what do I care about what you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. You know, like I can speak four languages. You can barely speak English, you know, like. That's a good point. And uh, you, so you don't have no problems socializing them, as they say, often the children are no, able to function. I think they might even be, I don't want to say over-socialized, but you have more opportunities for socialization. Like my son and I, because he's homeschooled, he's able to be in a professional theater group. Okay. And we greet tourists uh, on the dock when they come in on the cruise ships. Nice. And he, he speaks to them in four languages. Hello, how are you? Welcome to Shikudemi. You know, he's able to project himself, whereas most teenagers are like, Hello. You know, <laughs> you have their head down. They can't talk to you. And he's totally comfortable doing this. Now that's really amazing. And on your travels, when you teach in other countries, what differences you, do you see in the school system and the children? <clears throat> the cultural attitude, because you can go, for example, the latest school I went to was an IB school. This a is an international, international baccalaureate school, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they have a philosophy, a child-centered philosophy. There are many different child-centered philosophies, but this one is an inquiry method, and this one, it's basically, it all boils down to the Socratic method. You just keep asking questions, and you develop along certain themes by asking questions, and the children are discovering more than you are teaching. So this philosophy is in a lot of different schools all over the world. It's a group. 
But what you see is you see the cultural differences. Um, recently, when we went to Albania, that was a big thing. My son learned these different kind of dodgeball games that he had never seen here. And that us in our Canadian bubble wrap would never allow our children to play because they smash the ball against your head. Like, oh, and there's wow. no equipment. And it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> but this is, so you see a little bit of the culture in the games. And, you know, you have to learn to, to, um, to deal with that. And it's a good practice for him because in life you have to be fluid. Especially yeah. our society now, you can't say, like you in Germany, you say you're German, but you have a lot of different cultures in there now. So what was root German is not the reality of the German society today. Like in Canadian, I'd say, oh, I'm a Canadian, but the lady next to me might be India from India. And she's saying, I'm Canadian too. Right. Also, I'm from Germany. I'm Canadian too. Yes, you're <laughs> yeah, a Canadian and, too. I have a good friend. She's from Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. There you Indian. go. Exactly. Melting, so, it's a melting pot. I like that. And I think the whole world is getting more and more like that. Even Germany, which usually was very homogenous society, it changed in the last few years. Oh, well, I noticed the change even when I went to Nova Scotia. Recent, uh, last summer I went down and I couldn't believe the number of hijabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did they come from? <laughs> you know, that was not the Nova Scotia I grew up in. Yeah, and I know we have the Interfaith Week and every year we have a celebration and I was there last year demonstrating Taoist uh, Tai Chi, which is my uh, practice. And there were those dancing six. Oh my God, they were good. <gasps> their little turbans <laughs> yeah. and their sword and they were jumping and laughing and everybody was clapping and up and down their seats i like that there's different yes, cultures I, I, coming around and and infusing us in a positive way exactly and there's so many wonderful things that you get from another culture there's some things that are kind of funny too i mean we see us with our refrigerated eggs in our little cartons and you go to argentina and you buy them in a plastic bag off the shelf <laughs> interesting yeah I mean, when we had chickens we didn't refrigerate the eggs because you really don't need to yes but Unless i never they seen are washed that and clean mm -hmm. and, and deodorize, then you need to because you remove the, the membrane, but you don't need to. No, but I'd never seen that before. Yeah, yeah, because no, you're, you're culturally drilled. This is how it is. For eggs go, must go in the fridge or you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true, yeah. <clears throat> and if it's a, a day past the best before date, it has to go in the garbage. That's really Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, you know. <laughs> but that's our society. That's the way we are and it's when you get out of your little shell and you you know you cross the threshold you go into another country and you actually live there all right but that's yeah. another thing when we're there like i said to my son when we went to china i said a lot of people are going to say oh i went to china you know i said yeah they went to china but you lived in china wow he actually went to a public chinese school there so oh, that took a lot, of, a did, lot of how was it that they speak chinese it is very Just Chinese. How 100%. did that go? That was hard for him. That was, but he just sat there. Um, he actually did take some of his homeschool work. So when they worked on Chinese, uh, whatever history or whatever, he would do his own work. Yeah. But he did participate in their English classes. Oh, that must have been fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good experience for him. And they did a play. I have a 
not a play, sorry. In grade six, they have this traditional song that they sing with actions and everyone in yeah. grade six across the country does this. Oh, wow. It's a song, it's called, We Should Be Thankful. Oh, nice. And he was in it, he was right front and center and he's singing and doing the actions and whatever. But, you know, I have that tape and that's like one of my most precious memories because it shows him actually participating with his Chinese class. Wow, so did he pick up some Chinese? Very little, very little. It's, it's so tonal. Now, if he would have had a teacher, if we would go back, yeah. then I'd make sure he'd have a teacher. It was a very short um, project. It was only two months. They just needed somebody for two months. And usually it takes a whole month before you're grounded in the, your new environment. Yeah. You know, and you're ready to do things after about two weeks. But you say, oh, then there's only six weeks left and we want to travel. So every weekend we manage to get on the, the train and off we go. <laughs> that must have been a very interesting experience. Yes. My highlight, I'm so proud of myself. I actually took the subway in Shanghai. All by oh, myself. Oh, wow. That was, <laughs> that was How did you else. find your way? <laughs> well, you know what? Okay, I'm going to tell you the secret. It flashes in Chinese, but then it flashes in English. So oh, that helps. <laughs> yeah, it helps. It really does. Well, it's just as easy as the subway in Montreal, really. Oh, okay. Bigger, but... Yeah. I remember when I was 15, I was in school in Germany and I was, uh, I had a pen friend. Well, there were no computers at that time. And she invited me to come to France and be in her school for three weeks and vice versa. So it was, oh. was cool. And I went by train by myself at 15. And back then, that was a big, was a big deal. No computers, and then my train had a delay because summertime was in France, but not in Germany. And somehow the train just stopped for an hour at the border. That was weird. <laughs> so I was late. I missed the connecting train, so I had to call from a French phone in French. My, <laughs> it worked somehow. I got a train. They picked me up, and I was it was interesting. I learned a lot. It was fun. And she came over and uh, her parents were with her. So it wasn't as much fun as the other way around. But Yeah, but it's, it's, you know, back then the adventure was so much bigger. Your parents didn't have the cell phone to track you. Oh, oh look, she is here. She's here. You know, the, it was a bigger adventure. Imagine nowadays a 15-year-old traveling for 12 hours in a foreign country by train by themselves. That would be so in Canada, so out of possibility. Those little kids can't do that. Yes, they no, can. No, that's what I said. The bubble wrap culture we have, we can't do that at all. Yeah, helicopter parenting is not good for kids. No, let them go out, get dirty, fall down, break an arm. No one way to break an arm, but... Maybe not right break an arm if they can. But if it happens, well, it happens. Yeah, you have to play, you know, my yeah. children have horses, they fall off the horses. Let them get in the cow stable of the neighbors if you have, if you're lucky enough to have them. My yeah, kids are allowed to, no problem. But nowadays they think, oh, there's men picking up kids. And I don't think the likelihood is much more than it has always been. Mm -hmm. It's just more in the news. Much more in the news because I remember seeing in high school, there was, and on high school and university, we studied about women's history. Okay. And in England, there was the cult of the Virgin Mary. Yeah. I had never heard of it before. And it was these men 
who always wanted to be with a virgin. Okay. And they would steal these young girls off the train platform. And this man found out about it because he had sent his daughter away and he arrives in this brothel and there's his daughter strapped to the bed. Oh, wow. Because he, because he was part of this cult of the Virgin Mary and he started then to go against it because it's like all of a sudden he woke up and said, wait a minute, these are somebody's daughters. Yeah. Wow. So you can yeah, see, I mean, there's scary things for, going on and you have to tell your kids about it. But I agree with you. You can't completely shelter them from all evil. No, but you can keep them children as long as possible. And I think one of the benefits of homeschooling is that you can actually allow them to be kids. Mm. They're home. They're not ridiculed because they still like to play with dolls or Legos or little cars. They can develop their creativity so much more. And when they get into the job market, there are so many jobs that require creativity. Yes. You, know, you have to be able to present something differently in order for it to stand out. So that's a very good point. And I think it's also important not to be tied to directives all the time, but being able to develop learning themselves because nowadays most jobs require constant learning. And you can't expect your employer to come with you. And today from eight to nine, you'll learn this. Today from nine to 10, you'll do this. You have to, he says, get this done and you have to develop what you need to learn to do the job. Precisely, precisely. Recently, I looked at a job application that they wanted someone to come. Uh -huh. And it says, you will use the curriculum to teach with the children what they need to do. Because each, ex each month of the year, there are 10 exams. And at the end of every month, they must write an exam. And I just looked at it and said, I'm not going there. That is the most boring, stressful job I've ever seen. I have to plug these children, make them memorize so that they can regurgitate. That's not what I want to do. That's not teaching. That's not learning. And it's not fun. It's wow. not fun for me. And it's not fun for them. And I mean, yes, it is important for kids to be able to calculate three by five without a calculator. And many kids in public school can't do that anymore. No. And I personally think if I had kids now, I would still teach them cursive handwriting because I think that brain-hand connection is so important. Oh, I'm one-on-one, 100% with you there. My children have to learn this, and it's hard. Yeah. You know? I, I even saw, my, mother I told me cursive, my mother told me cursive German writing, the old German writing from okay. the 30s. That was fascinating. Nobody <laughs> else could do it. And I still can write in old German in cursive and I can read old German books with most people can't decipher anymore. Oh, and that's, and that's an amazing skill. That's fun. And uh, without my parents, I wouldn't be there. And, and they always fostered education, although I was at the public school, obviously. So that's really mm -hmm. fascinating. So what would you say is the most important for children to learn in school? To, to learn self-assurance. Self-assurance. Yeah. So if the child is has the self-assurance, he's going to try things. He's going to go forward. You know, like a child who's afraid isn't going to go past the threshold. He's not going to open the door. He's right. going to wait for you to lead him. But if he's curious and he has yeah. self-assurance, he's going to be able to put them all together and say, okay, I'm going to try it. 
Yes. But if you're always being laughed at, if you're always being, oh, look, he made a mistake. You know, you have to give them that assurance. It's okay so, you know, when that happens, sense. a situation yeah. like that arrives in class, I said, hey, I said, look, he tried. You know, I'm really quick to do this before any little child can make that negative comment. Say, so, you know, let's, hey, look, Johnny tried this. Yay. And, you know, get everybody clapping. Everybody's kind of like, so that moment when the, one of the children might have laughed at him and broken his confidence, well, that moment's passed because the child, everyone has already clapped. And that's so important, that curiosity, to keep the curiosity going, to keep them trying to think outside of the box or even throw away the box and make another one or make, yep. a, make a triangle instead of a box or whatever. It's, it's needed in the situation. So I, li I love that point. Now, oh. slowly winding up, uh, if somebody would like to contact you about questions about homeschooling or wants to hire you as an international teacher, what should they do? Where do they find you? Well, um, I have a LinkedIn account. Uh -huh. So that's easiest. And I have my email. My CV is on many different international sites, Teachers Horizon, Serious Teachers, Bytes.com. So it's a lot of places. So I have my, my email is out there. My LinkedIn is out there. And that's, that's the way most people join me. Yeah, and if it's okay, I'll share that on the podcast site sure. and underneath the, uh, YouTube. So if people have questions or want to hire you, they at least know where to look. Yeah, that's it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for today's Healthy Alternative. Thanks so much, Charlene, for being on the show. It was a pleasure learning a little bit more about homeschooling and how to get our kids creative and curious for the modern world. Oh, thank you very much. It was lovely being here. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And this brings us to the end of today's show. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions. Or if you'd like to contact me, my email here is christine at communityradio.ca or you can contact me through my website docchristine.com D-O-C-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E Com. I'm always grateful for any feedback. You might not know this, but this is a volunteer-run non-profit radio station. And we even have an art gallery. If you're local and you'd like to drop in, we are at 11 Glendale Avenue, Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOEFM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.